Welcome to another episode of the Hamas Teacher Express. Today, we are going to be talking all about classroom activities and what we can do in our classrooms to make it more engaging and more fun. And I'm going to give you some engaging classroom activities that we heard from you. And I'm so excited to get into this next episode of the Hamas Teacher Express. So stick around. you have messes welcome back to another episode of the hamas teacher express we back baby and i am so excited about this episode we are talking all about the best the most amazing classroom activities and we're talking to the real experts you guys you guys sent me some of your favorite classroom activities i'm going to share some of mine and uh maybe we can all learn something glean something get something from this episode a little inspiration, right? Hopefully this is like way more helpful than the PD that you have to sit through for the back to school. That's my goal today. It's a low bar. It's a low bar, but we're hopefully going to go way above, way above today. Um, And yeah, so today we're going to be hearing from you and I'm really excited to get started. First, let's do a little bit of housekeeping real quick. Please make sure that you enter the Teacher Style Box Back to School Giveaway. It ends very soon. It ends August 31st. And winners will be contacted shortly after that end date. Listen, guys, I love Teacher Style Box. I have honestly gotten so many pieces of clothes that I absolutely adore. I've gotten so many compliments on. And clothing pieces that I definitely would not have picked up in the store, per se. So I get to try something new. And absolutely fell in love with it. In fact, this tank top that I'm wearing for this episode, if you're watching on YouTube, you see it. If you're not watching on YouTube, maybe you can go check out YouTube really quick and see this amazing, beautiful knit tank top that I'm wearing. I am obsessed. And I will probably be purchasing this tank top. Uh, I also have a pink dress that came in my box upstairs. Pink is having a moment. Thank you, Barbie. Thank you. Thank you, Greta Gerwig for for what you're doing for this little pink movement that's happening right now. Listen, I, I'm i not like a thin human, okay? I, I'm not a size two. I'm a curvy person. And sometimes it's really hard for me to find pieces of clothing that fit me or make me feel confident. And sometimes that happens when I get stuff from Teacher Style Box, even though they have like so many different sizes and so many different band, brands to choose from. Sometimes the clothes come and they just like don't fit me or make me feel confident. And that's okay because I can send them right back right away and get those returned to teach style box and then get a brand new box like three or four days later usually. And it's unlimited boxes per month. There's no cap on how many times I can return the clothes. Yeah. So unlimited clothes. That's that's enough, right? That's enough to <laughs> to sell this. You can sign up for 30 days of free clothes now too if you just want to try it out. There's no contract and no commitment and you can cancel anytime. You can find all of that info um, in our bio on Instagram. You can also please make sure that you enter the back to school giveaway. You might as well because you might win six months of free clothes. Oh my gosh. Um, So you can find all of that info in our episode notes um, or in our bios on Instagram. 
Um, and yeah, please make sure that you go, you go do that. So speaking of all of those different platforms too, please make sure that you're following the Hot Mess Teacher Express on YouTube. Uh, if you want to watch our episodes and watch those shorts, you know, I, I, I love watching podcasts on YouTube. I didn't think I was going to be that person, but I have become that person. It's like a little cute little TV show. I, I love it. So please make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube. Yeah, the, the most important thing about making sure that you're following us on the platforms is that I get to interact with you guys. I get to talk to all you hot messes and and see what you're up to, what you're struggling with, what what's the hot mess of the week and all that all that fun stuff. So please make sure that you're following along. All right. Let's chat about some classroom activities. Um, you guys, the real experts, have such amazing ideas and creativity. I could not believe some of the things that you guys sent in. Um, I I love some of these. I'm going to for sure be writing some of these down to use in a future classroom um, because just ugh, guys are amazing. For these activities, I I want to put a little asterisk on this episode and I want you to keep this in mind as we're talking about it because I want you to to hear about these activities and and know that you can take these for whatever they're worth to you. Do not take these activities on because you feel like you need to do them because that's like that's what you have to do and those are the expectations and and you have to do that because every other teacher is doing that if they're if they're doing this classroom activity then I have to too no i i don't want to share these and make anyone feel less than because they aren't doing these activities all right classroom activities are extra work that's the 100% brutal honest truth they're extra can they take planning, extensive planning and organization. And they can often go not as planned because maybe one class is like not receiving it at all. Okay. They're they're just like, this is boring. This is not at all what we want to do. Or it could be just not as successful as one class with another. I think just because it works, again, I'm going to say, I feel like I'm going to say this over and over again. But just because it works for one teacher altogether does not mean it will work for you. And just because it works for this class does not mean it's going to work for your class. There are teachers out there that transform their whole entire classrooms um, for different reasons and into different scenes or themes, whether it's like camp or pool party or Hogwarts or Disney or all of these like crazy classroom transformations that not only are so much work, so much work, and so much of their own money that they're spending to make that happen, they're amazing and beautiful. And the teachers that do them, like, I applaud you for doing them, but I could never, I could never do those classroom transformations that some of you are doing. Some teachers change their bulletin boards weekly heck even monthly i could never i was i was lucky if i changed my bulletin board quarterly <laughs> i i loved doing bulletin boards when i like had the had the space and time to do them like at the beginning of the year my my back to school bulletin board was pristine because i had the space and the time to think about and and design and create that bulletin board but did that stay up until november December? 
Maybe. Maybe. So I think the best thing to go into the episode is to know yourself, know your limits and and also like recognize how much energy you have to give. Okay. If you can't do it this year, that's okay. You don't have to. If you like one of these activities but can't give into it what what it needs, then make the project what you can give. Supplement or or take away and and make it your own. These activities are meant to work for your classroom, okay? Whatever you are doing in your classroom is amazing. You don't have to be looking down the hall or down at your screen, scrolling through social media to see what other teachers are doing and feel shamed. You are not doing that in your room, okay? You should not feel shame because other teachers are doing extensive projects or doing classroom transformations and you are sitting there barely breathing after a day of teaching. And I think that's the most beautiful thing about your classroom. It's yours and and no one can do what you're doing like you're doing it. So be confident in that. With that being said, okay, I'm with that asterisk out there, that very long-winded soapbox asterisk, I want to share some of these classroom activities with you for, for those that are looking for some fun, inspirational ways to spice things up this year or next year or the next year whatever whatever you need. But I am first going to share some of my favorite things that I did in my classroom. One of my favorite classroom activities and, and ways that I started the year out was we did student portraits. And this sounds like really, really kind of stupid and the way that it started was really stupid. I did not plan enough for the first day. So I had like all of this extra time and I was like, what do I do with all this extra time? And, and, and this happened by accident. It kind of grew over, over the years. But we did student portraits. And, and the first way that I would, I would do it is I gave them like a blank sheet of like thick cardstock paper. And we drew the, you know, from the shoulders up. Okay. And they could do it whatever shape they wanted to. Um, in whatever style they wanted to. I just asked that it took up like the middle part of the paper. And then they designed. They they put their hair in there. Even if they weren't good drawers, I am not a good drawer. I'm not an artiste whatsoever in, in the sense that I can draw a portrait of myself. But, um, and I showed them mine and it was usually awful and it got a few laughs. But, um, they would put their hair and their eyes and their ears and their and how they you got to see kind of like how they perceived themselves a little bit and then all around the paper I asked for no white space on the paper to be left after um they were done they would put all of the different things that made them them if you remember some of my older videos that I did for for board teachers you'll see the student portraits behind me on the board or on the wall I love them and I will keep them forever and ever because the kids got to to create something and and make it their own and you got to see who they are as as humans and how they perceive themselves and what they were interested in it was it was the perfect first thing to do for for back to school. My second 
favorite thing that I did with specifically, I did this activity with my third graders because this was one of the competencies that we had to cover, but we did biographies and, and with biographies, I've, I'm sure everyone's heard about this project, but this truly was one of my favorite projects that we did was a wax museum. So we would read one of the Who Was books. Those are wonderful biography books um, written at third to like probably like sixth grade level. I had a whole project that I put together for that, um, what they needed to have ready. We usually broke the book up too so that I knew that they were that they were reading it appropriately and at the pace that they needed to. Um, and then at the end of this, as soon as we were done reading and and researching and putting together the project, what we did was we threw a wax uh, through a wax museum in the school auditorium, and we opened it up to the community and to the other students in the school and the teachers and the staff, and all of the kids dressed up like who they studied. And they had to stay in character for this. So like the people could come up and ask them questions and they had to stay in that character, whoever they studied. And it was just, it was so fun to see them so engaged. The other bonus of this was that it included involving the community and for the school to be opened up um, for the community to come in and kind of see like what what we're doing. That That was always such a huge hit with not only the kids, but also the parents and the families that that got to come and and kind of see what their what their kid was accomplishing in school. This is the last one that I'm going to share from my classroom, but um, literary theme park was something that I did and I put together this whole project for it, my fifth graders, but this could easily be for like through high school if you wanted. But the literary theme park was this thing where I had the kids choose a book. Um, this is kind of like their their project-based learning for book report type of thing. But they they read their book and they designed a whole entire theme park around it. So we looked at different theme parks and 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 the elements that they had. And and Disney World is kind of based on this idea that it's like in this world and and there are specific rides that have to do with different stories or whatever. So I kind of took that idea on and they would have to design this roller coaster or like their main event, their huge thing that draws people into their theme park. And that's going to be like the climax of the story. So they would have to design a roller coaster that was based on the climax or the most exciting part of their story. And again, this literary theme park was based on their book. So they would have to choose like the food and and the vendors and merch and all the kind of different rides based on whoever was in their book, based on the characters, based on the um, problems that were solved within that. So I, the kids were obsessed with this project and it turned out so good. I loved this project so much. So definitely um, that was that was one of my favorite. This next one was the Who Would Win. We used the Who Would Win books, um, which are amazing. I love these books. They put different animals against each other and let you know in the book kind of who would win that battle. 
So if an alligator were to battle against a python, who would win? And I would give these books out and we would make a March Madness bracket um, and the kids would do reports on these different animals and then our class would decide who would win um, based on the information that was given to us. And my third graders ate this project up. They loved this project. And you could definitely do this with like even um, someone wrote in about a book tasting that they did. So they they read first chapters of different books and put them into a March Madness bracket and like who book would win based on their first chapter. This next classroom activity, counting to 20, this is like a brain break or an end of day thing that I tried in my classroom because someone actually shared this with me. This is one of the most frustrating things I think I could ever do to my class. But counting to 20, it sounds super easy, right? But basically, you have to count to 20 in your classroom. The goal is to get to 20. I never have gotten to 20. My classes, we did this like almost every day and we never got to 20. But the class would have to be silent and one person just just says one. And then another person has to come in and say two. And then another person has to come in and say three. It's all random. But if there are two people or three people or four people that say two at the same time, then you have to start over. So a lot of times we would get these like awkward silences were like, are they going to say it? Are they going to say it? And we would get to, I think the highest we got to was like 14. It was, it was close. It was close, but I, we just never, we never got to 20. Um, a great brain break or end of day activity, or even just like something fun to do while you're waiting in line or whatever. Um, loved, loved that activity. This next one I had never heard of, but I looked it up and I'm obsessed. Someone wrote in and, and said The Hundred Task by Sarah Van Derwith. Um, and I'm probably saying her name wrong, but um, if you want to look it up, you absolutely can. She has all of this information on, on a blog post. Um, so it's Sarah without an H and Van Der Werf, W-E-R-F. Um, and it's called The Hundred Task. This is a really cool project because the the teacher that created this wanted to, wanted to showcase how groups work, especially when it comes to math. But I think this could work in any type of classroom. But she had this page filled with numbers, one to a hundred. And they're all, all the numbers are different sizes and kind of mixed up and jumbled all over the page. And you put the kids into groups of four, three, four, and each of them get a highlighter. And each kid takes a turn once that once that page is flipped over with all of the different numbers. Each child goes around in a circle to highlight the next number. So the first person highlights one, and then the person next to them has to find and highlight two. And it goes around in a circle. And kind of the first the first round is meant to just kind of be this chaotic three minutes, right? You have three minutes to find every single number, one to a hundred. And then the next round, you like you stop in between rounds and you talk about how you could make that process better, communicating with each other, helping each other, 
um, how to do this quicker and more efficiently. Um, maybe come up with, uh, recognize the problems that you had the, in the first round and come up with solutions with how you would fix that problem or address that problem in the next one. I love this. And it just like keeps going into rounds and the kids just keep getting better and better at working together and in a group. I love this. For a first day activity, I am obsessed. I would do this. Oh, I, I think this is such a great way for kids to kind of start the year and talk about groups and and how groups work. Group work was like a huge part of, of my classroom. I loved having the kids work in groups because I think they can learn so much from each other. And if you set that precedent of what groups can look like and should look like in your classroom, I think this is a this is a great way to do that. So the hundred task by Sarah Van Derwerf. All right, this next one I loved too, and I never I never got to do this one. Um, I did see it on Pinterest, but I never got to do this. But teaching angles with um, washi tape across, crisscrossed all over the desk, and you use protractors to find the different angles. I think that's brilliant. I love that, and and even the kids could put the the beautiful colored tape and make the angles whatever they want and they could switch desks and you can do it round robin like there's so many different ways that you could use that to teach angles love that love that idea this next one i don't know that i would be brave enough to do this (laughs) maybe because i'm not like an artsy craftsy person but um this one teacher wrote that she has her fourth graders but this could again easily be any any grade level but this teacher has her class start out the year by crocheting a small square. Like, I think she called it a granny square. I think that's a, I think that's a type of, I think that's a type of thing. Like, please, please let me know if I'm wrong. Um, but they, she has them crochet these small squares and then she puts together all of their squares into a blanket and then they auction that blanket off at like a fundraiser or like the PTA or whatever uses it for their fundraisers. I think that's such a cool thing to do. I love this idea of having like a class blanket that they that they auction off. And again, like I bet parents would be super into that. The kids would probably beg their parents to put in a bid for that blanket um, because it's probably something they're super proud of. And what a great way to, I don't know, like a, a classroom full of like fourth graders, sixth graders, ninth graders crocheting. I could be romanticizing the ninth graders crocheting without complaining, but when when would they crochet ever? So I think that's such a cool activity to introduce them to, maybe introduce them to a new hobby. This next one I actually did with my middle school students, and I can also picture this being a huge hit in uh, high school literature classes. Blackout poetry is a really cool thing that that you can do with basically any type of like literature. I used to copy pages of random pages of old books that I had or like magazine pages. And basically what what you would do is the kids would circle or like put a square around different words that kind of like stood out to them in that random page and you would make poetry so you would black out the whole entire page except for the words that that kind of stood out and and a lot of times if you want to look it up if you haven't heard of it it's a really 
beautiful thing to maybe I'm just like a literature word nerd. But like, I think it's, this is one of my favorite projects that I did with my middle schoolers. Um, and they were obsessed and they, they wanted to do it as, you know, when they finished something as an early finisher, they would, they would do their blackout poetry. Um, but it's a really cool thing to do just to kind of see like the different ways people interpret words or random pages in books and what one student sees if I give the students the same exact page, the different ways that they would come up with to like black out the the words and what words they chose. Ah, it was just such a it's such a neat project. This next one I love because you you can go you can you can make it small or you can make it really big. Um, high schoolers writing children's books. I love the idea of sharing children's literature with high school students and with adults. I love giving children's books to adults um, because a lot of times children's books are really beautiful and in-depth. And I find myself as a mom reading these books and like crying because the message just hits home to me. My two-year-old has no idea what the message is, but like his, his mom is crying over it. She's so touched by it. I think there's so much that you can do with children's books in in high school. And I think if you have a high school student um, that's struggling with writing a paper or or writing a fictional piece, I think if you broke it down into a children's book, I think children's books are one of those things that are just not intimidating, right? They're, they open, people who open children's books are like, oh, it's a kid's book. Like, there's it's it's fine it's it's not intimidating no one's scared by interpreting or investing into a children's book because first of all they're usually short they have pictures and they're easy to read and using children's books in high school and then um empowering your high school students to write a children's book I think that would be such a great way to kind of see the way that they interpret the world and and also like see their creative side. I I love this idea. And if they write a children's book, maybe some of them are like super great artists and haven't had a chance to show that often in the other classes, they can illustrate their book and if they do that, then maybe they can share that that children's book with a local elementary school or, you know, you can you can do this. You can kind of expand it in so many different ways to share that. I think that is such an amazing way to get kids to write, to maybe be excited and maybe get their guards down a little bit about doing a writing activity. It's a kid's book. I was scared of a kid's book. My last suggestion um, and the last thing, the last classroom activity that I do want to encourage teachers to try, if you haven't already, podcasts. Use podcasts in your classroom. There are, whether you are in lower elementary school, upper elementary school, middle school, high school, there is something for everyone in the world of podcasts. There are I wish I had the exact number, but there are a lot of podcasts out there to choose from. And you're like, there's no way that there's a podcast about da 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 I guarantee you there is. And podcasts are a great way for, for your students to engage in actively listening, whether they're listening about 
you know, I I had I have had high school students tell me that they had listened to the podcast serial and got involved in in that piece of media. They got involved in the story and the justice and the and it it was true and it was a real time and it's real for them. And I I use podcasts in my fifth grade classroom and in my third grade classroom. And sometimes we used it as a little bit of a brain break if we're listening to a fictional a fictional podcast that is it's almost like a radio show for kids. And they are so amazing and so engaged. And there's so many different activities that you could do with podcasts when it comes to comprehension, listening comprehension. There's so many different things out there that you can do. Again, like make it your own, find what works for your classroom. Um, But yeah, I definitely, if you haven't, I would try one time to use a podcast in your classroom. If your kids are sick of opening up books, if they don't want to read but you need to check for that comprehension and almost open up a discussion where where you talk about theme and all of like the main idea. Podcasts are a great way to do that without opening up a book. Those are the classroom activities that I have to share with you today. Um, there are thousands more and I will definitely do another episode like this if this is helpful for for you um, but again, please remember that this this is your classroom, that your classroom is truly yours and no one knows your students like, like you do, okay? Find their interests, learn what engages them. And if you want, again, if you want, come up with activities or tweak already ready classroom activities to accommodate those interests. The way that I came up with the who would win March Madness bracket was because I had a classroom of 20 third graders and 14 of those third graders were boys who were obsessed with basketball. I was not engaging them at all in some of the stories that we were reading because they they were just like obsessed with basketball. But I had, I was like, ha, 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 I will get you. Because guess what? Did they read and study and research those who would win books and then like other other resources so that their team, quote unquote, their animal would win and go into the next round? You bet they did. You bet they did. Classroom activities are fun and engaging, but again, they are extra. You don't have to do them. A lot of times we feel that pressure to be the engaging tour guide or the entertaining cruise director for these students in our classroom. And no, we're we're not. That's not what we're there to do. But every now and again, it's nice for a little life and excitement and engagement to be breathed into our classrooms, right? We need that. Our students need that. If you have no breath left to give into that, then don't. I mean, it's super simple, but it's so hard sometimes for us to say, I don't have enough and I can't give it. Sometimes the greatest thing that you can do is just like know your boundaries. Keep your boundaries and and respect your space and sanity. Sometimes the greatest classroom activity that you can do and that we can do in our classrooms is just survive, be there and survive. 
All right. Thank you so much for being on another episode of the Hot Mess Teacher Express. Thank you for all of these ideas. I would love to hear some of your ideas in the comments. Um, Again, please make sure that you are following us on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and make sure that you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Um, But until next time, I am going to keep hot mess conducting over here and I will see you next week. Choo-choo. Bye. Bye.